0: Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker.
1: Hey, if you're new to Harvest, my name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors on staff. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Uh, here at Eisenhower. I want to first acknowledge that Pastor Frank is back. He's returned from his medical sabbatical. He's hiding in the back, greeting and connecting people. But he's back there. Um, Him and I and the Tuba City team got back on Friday and had an amazing week in Tuba City. We're going to share more very soon. Uh, But this morning, Stan Yee is going to be giving uh, the message. And Stan's a pastoral intern here at Harvest uh, he leads our core young adult ministry. I always refer to him as Stan, the man, in my head. So that's how I think of you. So, can we welcome Stan as he gets up and preaches this morning?
0: Thanks, uh, Pastor Jared, for that intro. <laughs> so, so. Um, What I'm going to share from Psalm 84 this morning, I know it's not in your bulletins, but if we could turn there to Psalm 84, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, uh, let's just turn there So, Psalm 84, and I'll read that for us. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints. For the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion, as they go through the valley of Baccha. They make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold for those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. Let me uh, just pray for us for this time. Father, I just uh, pray that uh, through this psalm, uh, that again, as Pastor Jared prayed, that you would speak to us uh, no matter where we're at. Uh, God, just I pray that um, you would just give us an appetite for you. Uh, Lord, and that you would help us uh, just want to uh, experience you in our lives every day. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. So as I was uh, just preparing this week for this message, I just felt like God laying on my heart um, really two groups of people. Um, I don't know why, but just these two groups of people just really stood out to me. The first, The first group of people I just felt like God was speaking to me about people who have yet not experienced uh, God, and um, you know maybe you 're new to church, maybe this is your first time at harvest, and welcome <laughs> to harvest but you know or maybe maybe even you 've um, you know been to coming to church for a long time and uh, but just for some reason haven 't really experienced uh, this this kind of grace of God you know and you you wonder why all these people are spending all this time and, and money uh, with here at, at church. And I you know, I remember even when I was in junior high, like back before I, I experienced God myself and believed. I remember thinking Sundays were awesome because they were this one day where, you know, you just did nothing. And uh, my my parents and I and like my family, we just we sat around and just you know back then they had these huge Sunday newspapers. I don't know if they have them anymore but these, these large newspapers and i remember i would always go and just grab the comic section and i would ask my parents for it and then they would say aren't you a little bit old to, to read comics in junior high but but i would read it, and it would just i would spend the whole morning just reading comics laying around having fun and yeah you know, i i remember those times and i i guess as new christians or i mean as as people who are having ex- experienced god you know I, I get it. I get why maybe this might seem strange to you, and you know for some I feel like this what God wants to speak to you this morning is He wants to say something to you. I also feel like God has been laying on my heart just people who have experienced God have tasted His goodness, but for some reason, you know right now is not that their current experience for whatever reason. You know, you, maybe it's in college or a retreat or a conference. You really have seen and experienced who God is in your life, his grace. But right now, that's not your experience. Right now, you feel like God is far away or you're just busy or there's other things in your life and you just feel that, yeah, you just haven't experienced what you did in the past. You look back with fondness, but that's just a distant memory. Well, as we read this psalm, I feel like God. Here we start with in verse uh, one, two, this longing for God, this longing for God in verse two, and we see here that the psalmist here he just he loves God's dwelling place. He loves it, right? He long he loves this 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 place. And you know, back in in the psalmist times, this dwelling place of God was. The Temple of King Solomon, built in 832 BC, and here is a is an example of oops of the temple. So you know this this is a a reconstruction of the image, but I think as in the modern context, we're reminded of of cathedrals. I don't know if you have ever been in Chicago, uh, one of the cathedrals. I was just at a recently at a wedding, and this it's just uh, there's. This architecture, it's, it's huge. You walk in, and, and each step, you know, just like you can hear each step as you walk down the aisle and everything. And you feel God's presence uh, as in in this cathedral. And I, I think this is the same experience the psalmist had with uh, here at Solomon's temple, this temple. And he longs for it. He remembers it, and he longs to experience God to be in his presence. Now, for most of us here, you know, I would say that we don't wake up in the morning and long for God's presence, right? I mean, to be honest, even though I'm up here, uh, you know, speaking to you guys, preaching, I mean, if I was honest, like, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm I'm just thinking of getting to work and, and cutting, going through traffic. But I would say that once you've tasted really God's presence, there's a part of that wants more of it. And nothing else can give you that same satisfaction. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I was just really craving a steak. I, I don't know why, it's just, it was one of those things, and this was before I was, um, I was single, I was, I'm recently married, and I was just coming home from work, and I was just really craving uh, a steak. And I was thinking, you know, since I'm single, I, I don't feel comfortable going to like a steakhouse. I don't know, I just... It's one of those things where, you know, it's like you're by yourself, and it eh, didn't feel so great. So then I was thinking, okay, well, uh, you know, what else could I do? Uh, you know, I, I also do not really cook. I mean, I, I could grill, but I'm not such a great cook. So I, I just had this taste for a craving for steak. So instead, I decided, okay, well, well I'm, just, I'm just going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, I was like, okay, well, I, I love steak, and I love a fish fillet sandwich, so I think these two things are going to equal out somehow. And so then I, I go, and I just stop by. It's on my way home. I go, and I go to McDonald's, and I get a fish fillet sandwich. And it was the worst steak, fish fillet sandwich I've ever tasted. I Oh, man. it was I don't know if it was the McDonald's or just this craving. But, but you know, it's this experience when we long for something and we try to fill it with something else, when we crave something and we try to fill it with something else, it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. And I think it's the same with God's presence. I feel like many of us included, we, we have this tendency to fill our longing for God's presence with other things. And they never satisfy. And I, I think this is especially dangerous you know, for those of us who have experienced God in the past, but now are not, I, I feel that, you know, as you kind of know who God is, you know, you know, these things, and you've, you've kind of tasted, but then now you just, you know, for whatever reason, it's not the same. And we, we have this sense of that something isn't quite right, and so we try to fill it with other stuff. And but the, the, the crazy thing is, as we try to fill it with other things, the more dissatisfied we feel, the more unhappily and restless, and we don't know why. Or let me put it another way. When we feel far from God, you know, we usually think we're not doing spiritually well. We think that we need to somehow pick ourselves up again, you know, read our Bibles harder, pray harder, right? But when we think of it this way, I, I really believe that we're just compartmentalizing our spiritual life. Right? We're, we're saying, okay, I just need to do spiritually better. And then we don't realize that our whole lives are affected uh, by our longing for God, not just this spiritual life. And because of that, I don't think as we try to say do it better, you know, many of us don't really get around to it. Right? We don't realize the effect that it has. I think C.S. Lewis describes it actually better than I can, and in this way in his book, The Reflection of the Psalms. He says, I rather, through the experience, or I I have rather, though the expression may seem harsh to some, call this the appetite for God, than the love for God, or the love of God. The love of God too easily suggests the word spiritual in all those negative and restrictive senses, which it has unhappily acquired. These old poets do not seem to think they are meritorious or pious for having such feelings, nor on the other hand that they are privileged in being given the grace to have them. They are once less priggish about it than the worst of us and less humble, one might say less surprised than the best of us. It has all the cheerful spontaneity of natural, even a physical, desire. (laughs) So I realize that that quote is probably pretty hard for you to understand. I was... uh, you know, practicing with my wife, and then she was like, I was like, did you understand that? She's like, no, not really. <laughs> so, okay, so let me, let me just break it down. What, what C.S. Lewis is saying here is that our, when we talk about our love for God, right, we, we think in spiritual terms, but what he's saying is really our love for God really is more of an appetite for God. It's a, a natural, right, even physical desire. It's, it's something that permeates our whole life. It's not something that is separate that we have to do better at, but it's, it's our life itself. Just as when we're hungry, right, we eat something, right? When, we, we, when we're feeling a little faint, we get something to eat. But for some reason, when we're spiritual hungry, you know, we ha- you know, i.e. we have a desire for God, we think this desire is for something else and try to eat something that won't hit the spot. And I think this is even true for those of us that haven't experienced God yet. I think it's, we, we think that we need to fill this with job or with uh, money or with a house or a car or something, you know, maybe even going back, you know, to school or something like that. But really, it can't. It doesn't fill that appetite for God. And the only way to fill that appetite is really to experience him and be in his presence. So the psalmist continues in verses 5 through 8. And the psalmist says here, Blessed are those, and this is the NIV, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. So there's I, I just picture this where there's this group of, of pilgrims, of people trying to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You know, they start off and eventually get to this long dry valley. And I kind of found this picture, you know, on, on Google. I I think it pictures pretty well this, this dry valley. This is kinda of this I think this represents pretty well, you know, Israel in that area. And for days they're walking through this place and it's hot and dry and there's not much water. And the group starts to to lose strength, to lose their steam as they travel through this valley. Then they decide to stop. And they decide to, you know what, we need water. And so they dig. Eventually, they're able to dig out like a small spring. You know, they travel some more, and then they, you know, they they run out of water again. But then all of a sudden, it starts raining. And all of a sudden, there's all these pools of water all over the place. And then they, you know, and it begins to look like this. So this is pretty amazing. This is a real place. I was, like, I was trying to Google pools of water in the desert. And this place is a national park in Brazil. And it's naturally like this. It's, it's pretty awesome. I, someday I want to go visit there. But it looks like this. A desert turned into these pools of water. And their strength is renewed. They have water and they are refreshed. They eventually make it out of the valley and are able to reach the end of their journey. You know... I really like this picture because I think it reminds me of, of life sometimes. I think especially when we're going through just a, a dry season. Like, when, especially when it takes all your strength just to make it through the next day. So, you know, I have a lot of friends and, you know, they, you know, at, you know they have really young kids and I'm just amazed because, like, you know, sometimes, you know, I play with their kids maybe for an hour and I'm, I'm exhausted But but then they, you know, they have to deal with their kids 24 hours a day. And so I know most of you guys have kids and, you know, kudos, kudos to you guys. But seriously, so I, I, I feel that, you know, there are those days where you, all your strength, every ounce of your energy is just to make it to that next day and then it resets. And then again, you go through it the next day and then resets. And I feel like, that picture is of the dry valley, this, this dryness, that all you're doing is, is day in, day out, the same thing, just trying to make it. But I think this is where verses 6 to 7 really speak to this. And let me read it again for us. It reads, As they pass the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. And I find it interesting that in verse 6, both the pilgrims and the autumn rains create water. I don't know if you noticed that, but right as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, meaning the pilgrims, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. So you see here that that the pilgrims themselves, you know, dig for water, right? And then not only that, but then God, you know, the autumn rains come and also fill this place with water, right? If if the pilgrims tried to make it across the desert without water, it would have been suicide. But here, you know, they make it intentional to dig for water, and they also have these pools of water from the autumn rains. So I think the point that I'm trying to make is this: that when we're at, you know at our wits' end, when we're just each day just spent, you know, I think God is calling us to be intentional, finding ways that we can. Find rest and be renewed. So, I'm a part of this community group. I'm, you know, I'm part of Core, but I'm also part of this community group called Oasis. And you know, we recently went through this study by Bill Hybels called Simplify, and uh, it's on, um, you know, right now media. So, for any of the people in other community groups, it's it's a great resource. But here in, in as part of this, uh, uh, this series or the uh, on Simplify. Bill Hybels has this exercise where he asks people to draw this bucket. And this bucket represents them everywhere where they're at, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And he asks them, okay, what, what actually fills this bucket? So here's a, here's a picture here. So I like how it says, my mom, bucket. You know, draw a line where you feel and are today. And so full or empty, right? And I guess the question is, what helps you, what helps you replenish? And I think that's such an important question to ask, especially for those of us that are are just you know we're just so so dry and all we 're doing is we're we're just power trying to power through it instead, I think God is asking us this question: what helps you replenish i I just feel that I've talked to so many of, of people and a lot of times people tell me that they are just, they feel far from God or they, you know, they are just, you know, they know they need to do better, but they're, you know, somehow they're not. And I feel like a part of it is, it's, it's not so much this idea of, again, spiritualness, that we have to somehow become more spiritual. I think sometimes it just even practically, like in this case, like what refills your bucket? Maybe it's even taking a walk. Maybe it's taking five minutes out of your day to do something non-family related. But I think God uses those moments, those times where we intentionally try to reconnect with him or do something to be replenished. And that's what God is calling us even today through this psalm. So the psalm finishes with verses 9 to 12. Let me read that for us. 9 to 12. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I think these verses... I mean, man, every time I read them, they, they just speak they speak to me. And I think the reason why they speak to me is because they really really elo- eloquently speak to why I follow Christ. I follow Christ because one day in his house and his courts is better than a thousand elsewhere i don 't know that just captures so succinctly what I feel, and I guess it 's hard to describe unless you 've really tasted. God's presence is hard to describe that that just one day, just that one more time, you want to experience this again because it just brings the sense of fullness, this life that nothing else can bring. And I think that's why the psalmist reminds us that he he doesn't just leave it at this, you know, theoretical level. He doesn't just leave it at this picture level of that one day is a thousand hours or that he'd rather uh, you know, be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He goes on and says in verse eleven, For the Lord is oops for the Lord is a son and shield, for the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold for those who walk uprightly. This is a concrete example of what God does. He is a son and shield. He provides life and protection for us. He bestows favor and honor it's an i feel that it's a true experience that i wish you know i could just like download it and give it to you guys right like it's an experience that i feel like even as i'm up here telling you guys this it's something that you guys just unless you've experienced yourself don't really understand what i'm talking about so as i was thinking about how to help you guys you know understand this you know, our CGs, our community groups, also have this retreat. And uh, I think this year, all the different community groups have their own retreat. And we went through this series on the Holy Spirit. And it's done by this um, ministry called Alpha, an Alpha course. And um, the reason I mention that is because in this, at the end of the fourth video, there's this testimony from this guy named Shane Taylor. and I feel like his testimony, his story, just speaks volumes about this experience of God. So I'm going to share this video with you guys and uh, and then we'll go from there.
2: I got in with the wrong crowd and I started to um pinch cars, burglar houses. Uh, become known me and my friends become known as very high profile thieves really. I used to carry big knives, uh, the, the big knives to the smaller knives on my waist and I was the kind of person where if you pulled a knife out I would use it. I ended up stabbing someone in the head. I ended up um, st- stabbing someone just missing his heart and going through the top, of his shoulder, uh, the, the top of his chest and his shoulder way. He dropped to the floor. and So I was on the run for two attempted murders. And then I was just, when I went to prison, I had such a hatred for the system and I couldn't handle being told what to do, couldn't handle prison officers m- mucking me about. When I went out on association, I got to prison office and I uh, I stabbed them, and then this led to me going into maximum security prisons, being put on CSC, to where they feed you through a hatch in the door. There's no physical contact, so they have to have ride shields and ride gear on, Um, and that was my life for a long, long time, basically, and I I just was going from prison to prison, prison to prison, but then I ended up going to Long Larton in Worcestershire, and when I was in there, I ended up going in on Alpha course, never heard of an Alpha course, n- didn't know anything. And I just remember walking in because they'd sent me down. I sat down on a chair and I thought, oh, no, it's a Christian thing. And we'd just go there every week and I would argue. And the pastor, um, I remember he came come to me. said, right, I'm going to say a few scriptures first before we pray. And one of them was, no one's righteous, not one. We all fall short the glory of God and then he said the verses about Jesus and explained a bit why he died on the cross for sinners and stuff and then he said pray so I started praying and I said "Uh, God I said God if you're real come into my life because I hate who I am and nothing happened but then as I was talking to the pastor I started to feel this energy feeling in my stomach And it started to raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up. And And I just broke out into uncontrollable um, tears. And I just sobbed. And I just... Right there. Because that was a change of my whole life. I knew God was real. Um, and no one will change that now and then I remember (laughs) running on the wing people clearly knew that I would become a Christian so I actually helped them on another two alpha courses and then I I got released I've been in a prison where I because you would have thought that the prison where I stopped the prison officers would have been the last prison to have me but they were the first, that's how God works the best thing for me is going in prisons and helping the lads in prison and and trying to tell them about God. I've got um, four kids, and they're my life. Um, And what upsets me is, because now I know um, that back then, if I had the kids, uh, they wouldn't have had a good upbringing. And now they sit on the night and have Bible studies with their dad. um, Have Bible studies with their dad. Have a life, a beautiful... um, and my life probably my wife and my kids are the best gift apart from the grace God's given me is the best gift I've ever he'll ever give me didn't expect to cry like that recovered now
0: yeah every time I watch that it's um it's just super powerful I mean, I I, th- I feel like his story just demonstrates so powerfully just the the grace that that God gives that can just change a whole life. And um, even as as we go, went through the psalm, um, I, yeah, I guess the sense the sense I'm getting is that you know we I think many of us you know have been to church for a long time have heard the good news plenty of times, right? But there's something missing. And it could be, you know, for a variety of reasons. But I think when we watch, you know, Shane's story, or even in those times where we're just at our rope's end, I feel like God wants to speak you know, to you directly and and just tell you that that you can enter his presence. That all the things of church and these things like, you know, all he wants you to do is just simply enter his presence. You know, the psalm ends in verse 12 and it reads that, O Lord of hosts, blessed are the ones that trust in you. I feel that at the end of the day, you know, when everything is said and done, it's really about trust. I, I just, again, just think of Shane and, you know, he was in prison, he stabbed a bunch of people, um, I mean, even when you look at him, you could tell that, I mean, man, he, he just had that hardness, you know, like you could tell that he lived that hard life. And it's just, he had that moment where he just trusted God and his whole life changed completely, completely. And I feel that that God, even today, is asking us to trust in him. That if we haven't experienced the thing that thing you know, that you saw just here, like with Shane's story, like you can trust God today and ask him and, and give your life over to him. And you will experience that same life that Shane experienced. I think, unfortunately, the opposite is also true. And I feel like it needs to be said that if we don't trust God, we shouldn't expect to experience anything that, again with Shane's story you know if we don't trust God if we, if we live our lives the way that we want to live it if we live the lives the way we think we need to live it and God is you know maybe just maybe secondary you know I mean maybe he's not all the way at the bottom but he's you know second in our consideration we still shouldn't expect to experience any kind of life in our experience in, in our Christian life I know it's a harsh truth, but I think God is saying he wants you to trust him fully. That his ways are better than our ways. And if we fully trust him, then we can say with the psalmist that one day is better than a thousand elsewhere. That it is better to be a doorkeeper in his house than live in the tents of the wicked. So if anything, I just wanted for you to understand that that there is life to be had in God, that you can experience a changed life, that you just need to trust in him, trust in God, and he will grant you his presence. So let's let's just spend some time uh, praying. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I just feel that, um, you know, God just wants us to to really listen to this psalm. Yeah, I, I just feel that, you know, we, we hear uh, God's words um, just week in and week out. And uh, sometimes that familiarness um, loses, loses that, that power that, that God really has. Like we, we think we've heard it all before, but God is saying, no, no, you haven't heard it before, that there is real life to be had here. And he wants us to spend just this time to reflect upon that, that if we are living our life day, day in, day out, and we haven't experienced this life that God brings, if we haven't experienced his presence, then what are we living for? Let's, let's just spend some time reflecting reflecting on this song and asking God, just as Shane did, just to God, please come into my life and help me experience you. And after just a, just a couple of moments of, of, of just reflecting, I'll, I'll close this in prayer. Father, we come before you right now and Lord, to be honest, maybe some of us just don't really feel that close to you right now. Lord, to be honest, uh, the moments, uh, these past moments, maybe our minds were filled with um, the errands that need to be run after service or things that need to be done this afternoon. But, But God, I just pray, Lord, that for all of us here, that you would Lord, just remind us again of that we need you. God, remind us again that that one day is better in your house than a thousand elsewhere. God, re- help us remember that Christ is enough. <sighs> Lord, it's not not Christ plus our job, not, not Jesus plus our house, not Jesus plus our car, not Jesus plus our marriage, our relationships, just Jesus. So, Father, I just pray that you would remind us that truth again. Help us be purely and solely given over to you. Help us to trust you again. Lord, And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community
1: Church.